like I'm on the Heisman watch That's gotta be what would describe, symbolize I've got Skill, four times the talent around me Desmond Howard playing for Howard Just tell me how can I be stopped This Allen Ivy at an Ivy college They can't check me, I don't practice my class too hard <laughs> Nigga, me, my swag Okay, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to episode 32 of Electrified. I'm your host, Eric Lyons. Uh, happy Friday, everybody. It's Friday. I'm feeling good. We got a big weekend coming up uh, for sports, and it's going to be a nice weekend as well. Cinco de Mayo on on, uh, on Sunday. You know, everybody's celebrating that, and uh, it's just going to be a great weekend. You know, it's the first weekend of May, new month. New opportunities, you know, new blessings, all that good things, all that good stuff. I'm happy to be here, you know, I'm happy to be, you know, blessed to see another month, uh, five months down. And, uh, you know, 20, 2019 is moving on. Uh, if, if I sound a little funny today, it's because my allergies are killing me. All right. Well, you know, you guys who don't suffer from the pollen, congratulations, you know, I'm happy for you. But the rest of us, we're going through it. So, you know, I'm I'm struggling right now. But, you know, I'm not going to not give you guys a podcast on, I mean, yeah, an episode on arguably one of the most jam-packed sports weekends every year. You know, every I say this, I've been thinking about this. You know, the first weekend of May, it's always crazy. Uh, You get the Kentucky Derby. There's always going to be a big fight, you know, for years. Uh, the first weekend of May was synonymous with Floyd. You know, when you when when it was either you know the fourth or the fifth or whatever the first Saturday in May was, you were thinking Floyd Mayweather. You know, and I that was that was that was usually the case. Floyd was always fighting the first weekend in May. You know, that was that was the big thing. You know, you got the Derby, boxing, NBA, NHL. It's going down everywhere. Uh, the playoffs, everything's going down. But yeah, you know, now now the May guys, Canelo. You know, the first week of May is Canelo. That's 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 who took over. But Floyd, man, Floyd took it and made it way, 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 way big. All right. Everybody knew Money May. Okay. <laughs> but uh yeah, I got I, you know, but this weekend, a lot going on. So, you know, we're gonna talk about everything, get you ready for Canelo and Jacobs, the Kentucky Derby, NBA playoffs. Want to talk about some stuff that went on this week, and uh, I told you guys we'll be talking about Tariq Hill still, and he's still on the team. He's still on the team, you know. It's, it's still some things going on with that, but we'll be talking about it as well. So uh, let's let's start off, you know, let's get right to business and start off with a fight this weekend. Big fight, big big fight. I've been waiting for this fight. And I'm very excited for it. So let's do it. Okay, so this Saturday night. Live on uh, zone from Las Vegas at the T-Mobile Arena. We have a big, big middleweight unification bout at 160 pounds. Canelo Alvarez will be putting all three of his titles on the line. And Daniel Jacobs will be putting on his IBF, uh, well, uh, excuse me, middleweight title. So this this is a matchup that could be very interesting. All right, we all know. Canelo Alvarez, one loss, only lost to Floyd Mayweather years back. And he's he's won every fight since except for the draw with Triple G. And I think a fight like this is a fight that we that, that Canelo needs. You know, a, a fight that he needs to win. You know, he's you know, 
He's standing at 50, 51 and 1, two draws, 35 KOs. And he's only he's 28 years old. He's not even 30 yet. You know, I don't agree with everything Javante Davis, you know, says, but especially when, you know, social media, that's what I meant. You know, I don't agree with everything he does on social media. But he said in his opinion that Canelo is his pound for pound. It's number one pound for pound for pound. No, no, let me pull up the tweet. Because I, 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 I you know, I agree. I agree. You know, I, I believe I um said my pound for pound before on the show, but I I might have, you know, I had to go if you go back and think, if if I had to go back and think, I would I would change it up. I would definitely change it up given Canelo. I always I respect Canelo. Canelo's like my favorite boxer. But I didn't I probably didn't have my number one. I probably had Loma number one. But after what I saw, you know, what Tank said, it made sense. Uh where's the tweet? Where's the tweet? Where's the tweet? Uh all right, here we go, here we go. Canelo is my number one P for P. I feel like he's an OG of this young uh, of this generation, but so young. That's true. It it feels like Canelo has been around for I mean he has, but it feels like Canelo has been around a long time. You know what I mean? He's only twenty eight, but he's been fighting for so long. And at such a high level, it feels like he's been around longer. Look, look at like this is another thing when we talk about pound for pound, and when we talk about you know Canelo and Triple G or Canelo and Terrence Crawford. If you're if you're talking pound for pound, and you know who who's number one, who's the best in the world? Look at look at the resume. Look at the resume. Amir Khan, Miguel Colo, Miguel Cotto. Triple G, uh, Julio Cesar Chavez Jr., Erislandi Lara, Austin Trout, Shane Mosley, Josecito Lopez. Uh, you know, this this guy's for everybody. Alfredo Angulo. And now I'm about to fight Daniel Jacobs. And this is at different weight classes, though. Different weight classes. You know, from moving up. From welterweight, super welterweight, and then coming up to middleweight, and uh, also super middleweight, you know. And I really think he was really, really dangerous as super middleweight. That that uh, that upper echelon, that that super middleweight, is something serious. I, what was that? Was that one? That might have been like one sixty five, one sixty seven. I'm not sure. I might be wrong. Might have been. Yeah, I feel like it was a little heavier than one sixty, but. Decided that he's putting up the uh you know everything on the line uh and I I just think that Canelo's resume speaks for itself. I've read the names and you you guys know his only loss is to Floyd. And in my opinion, he he won both of those Triple G fights. I've watched both of those fights multiple times. I've scored it on my own, unbiased of course. I just think that Triple G really didn't hurt Canelo in either fight. Now, granted, the first fight. It was more of a Triple G fight, but I still don't think he won. And you know, I've said this before as well, while we got the draw, ultimately we needed another fight, and we'll probably get a third in September, especially with Triple G signing with the zone. So, but the second fight, Canelo walked Triple G down the entire fight, and it looked like Triple G really couldn't figure it out. And Canelo's defense, he learned, 
he learned a lot from that Floyd fight. Canelo's defense has gotten much, much like just cleaner and crisper, and I can't wait to see how that is uh, on Saturday. You know, just not getting hit and using his defense as his offense because that's that's you know that's one of his best assets. People don't look at that. His defense is overlooked uh, with the slips, the shoulder roll, and the head movement. You know, Canelo was a good def- a, a good defensive fighter. Uh, it's not always about keep your hands in front of your face. But, you know, the movement, he's got it all. And I think, you know, Saturday, that's going to come into play going against a fighter like Daniel Jacobs. So I've, I'm really excited to see. Hold on. Excuse, woo. excuse me. I'm so sorry. I told you guys, man, this is this is like what, my second flu game. If you want to call it that, it's my allergies, man. I'm going through it. But, um, <laughs> um. Yeah, Daniel Jacobs, good fight. Another solid fighter. 32 years old, 35 and 2. Uh, suffered a defeat at one, one KO, uh, 29 knockouts for him. And, you know, he's coming in this fight. And, you know, it, it, it's going to be a good one. I got it been a good fight. You know, his, he lost to Triple G. I felt like that he put a lot of pressure on Triple G too. That's a fight I remember. I do think that he that that fight was closer than it, it looked. For that to be a unanimous decision was crazy to me. It should have been a split because Daniel Jacobs put a lot of pressure on Triple G. Uh, that was a good fight. And that one was for all the marbles as well. That was before Canelo took all those belts. But you know, that was his last. Was that his? That was his last uh, major fight. He had his last title fight was in 2018 uh, when he won the vacant IBF middleweight title, but the Triple G fight took place in 2017. So never got a rematch for that. And this is a guy, you know, he's fought a couple of guys, uh, Caleb Truex, Peter Quillen. Uh, you know, not no nobody that a casual fan would probably know. E.J. Smith way back in 09. Like, you know, his resume isn't ex- as extensive as... Canelo's, but this is a guy who has beaten cancer and overcome the odds. So I have a lot of respect for Daniel Jacobs. Uh, now, last time we saw Canelo in the ring, he fought a much taller opponent. Same thing here. Uh, Liam Smith. Was that Liam Smith? No, my bad. Rocky Fielder was like, what? Six and some, he might have been six feet. Uh, but Canelo was five, eight. Daniel Jacobs is 5'11". And the promo, you can clearly see, you know, the height advantage. And then, of course, the uh, the reach are coming into play. Uh, Canelo's reach is 70 and a half inches. And Daniel Jacobs is 73 inches flat. He stands at 5'11 and a half. So, now, this is, this is, this is, this is the thing, right? This is the thing, how this fight could go. Now, the question is, Will Daniel Jacobs fight tall? Will he fight tall? Or will he fight down to the level of Canelo? That's how we see a lot of tall fighters lose. When tall fighters don't use their their, their height, their height advantage, or their reach advantage, they usually end up losing. That's just the truth. If if he was to come out Saturday night, work the jab, keep Canelo at length, he could win a decision. Now that's easier said than done. Way easier said than done when you're fighting a dog like Canelo, a real live pit bull. We saw what he did to Rocky Fielding. 
You know, he beat the body. He beat his body blue. Beat his body purple. Could we see the same thing this Saturday? Absolutely. Absolutely. We could. But I really think this is going to be a good fight. I think this is a fight that Canelo needs to, you know, show the world who he is once again. And then hopefully we get Triple G Canelo one more time so we can put that to rest. Because honestly, look, man, Triple G, old man, old man, Triple G, old man River. At this point, it's just like, how many times do we have to teach you this lesson, old man? Like, come on, bro. Give it a rest. Okay? So hopefully Canelo handled this business Saturday night. So we can go get that one more time and then, you know, go from there. But good weekend for boxing. I'm excited for this fight. It's a big fight. Once again, it's on the zone. If you don't have the zone, you can probably find it for the free ski. I don't like listen, I don't like to uh you know promote that on the show. But we're not official here. We don't work for ESPN. We don't work for the zone. So of course, if you can find the link, hey. Swing it to me, or if I find one, I'll swing it to you for the right price. It's like, no, nah, I don't charge. I should have charged. I should start charging for the link, because I'm the only one to be finding the fights. Group message talking about, Eric, can you get the fight for us? You got the fight, man. What? What? Not think about it, but nah. Uh, <laughs> Canelo Triple G. Whoa, whoa. Canelo Daniel Jacobs this Saturday, I think. They probably won't be on until like 11.30. I think the car starts at, uh, what? No way that car, no. That car, no way that car starts at 11.30. That would be nuts if it starts. Okay, I I knew I wasn't tripping. All right. Starts at 9 p.m. this weekend, but the main event will probably be around 11.30 because it's, uh, three. It's two undercards and then a co-main event. I don't call I don't that's still undercard to me. I don't even like the term co main event because that's not really a main event at all. That you know what I mean? So this Saturday, Canelo, Daniel Jacobs live, the zone, or wherever you're gonna stream it from. Uh hopefully you, you guys tune in. I'll be tuned in for sure. And then yeah, let's you know, let's get right to it. You feel me? I'm excited about that. So uh what else we got going on this weekend? Oh yeah, NBA playoffs. Let's let's talk about that. Okay, so Last night, there was only uh, one game. That was the 76ers. They came home to play the Raptors in Philly. And they ended up going up 2-1. And Philly was on fire. Everybody was in the building. AI, D-Jax, uh, Gilly. It was a lot of heads in there last night. As it usually is, you know, for these Philly playoff games. Because they were live last year. But um, Philly went up big. Had a great game. Ended up winning. 116 to 95, and I didn't watch the game actually, but uh, Butler had 22, 9 and 9, Embiid had 33 and 10, Simmons had 10, 7 and 7, and uh, JJ Reddick had 15. It was it was a good, it was a solid performance for them, all you know, as a team. And I didn't even have to watch the game to know what happened with the Raptors. <laughs> Kyle Lowry going to Kyle Lowry, seven points from Kyle Lowry. 33 from Kawhi. I promise this is it for Kawhi's little stint in in Toronto. He will be gone by the end of this summer. No, no, no. He will be gone by July. He'll be gone in July. Definitely. Definitely. I I, I can't see him staying there. No way. 
feel like this was just a transition team to get him to the next, the big bag, the big max, wherever that may be, whether it be L.A., either L.A., uh, New York, or another team, but definitely won't be staying in Toronto for too much longer. Not not, not like this. I, I don't see it. I just don't see it. I really don't. You know what I mean? I, I just don't. I, I picked Toronto to win the series, but I don't know. Looking a little shaky. Looking a little shaky. Then tonight, we got the Celtics and the Bucks. The Celtics go to Boston. You know, they got their Boston game tonight. The series is tied 1-1. Uh, Kyrie didn't have a good game last game. The Celtics as a whole just didn't have a good game. They got spanked. And uh, the the Bucks evened up the series. But uh, this this should be a bounce back game for Kyrie. You know, a, a player like that, you know, they, they don't like to follow up a, a game with a bad game. So I expect maybe a 30-piece from him. Good game from him, I expect. Uh, you know, this is, this is a series I have a really close eye on. I'm I'm really excited to see what Boston does because I got Boston coming out of the East. I really do, and I, I I think if they get past if they get past the Bucks, I think they'll go all the way. I think they'll go all the way. They'll come out the East. I think they'll come out the East. Uh, we also got the late game tonight is uh the Nuggets and the Blazers. The Blazers had a good game uh, the other night, tied the series up one one. This is a series that I still think can go either way, but I'm still picking the Blazers. I just think this team has enough to beat the Nuggets. And I think, you know, the playoff experience of the Nuggets, I mean, excuse me, of the of the Blazers, the Blazers is, you know, going to be apparent as the series gets uh, a little deeper. So I, I really think the Nuggets aren't going to come out of this series. I got the, the Blazers coming out in five, maybe six. We'll see. And uh, tomorrow, oh boy, eight thirty, the rock, the uh, the Rockets get to go. You know, they they they're in Houston for two games, and they're down two, they're down two up. Didn't think the series would start off like this, yet here we are. You know, for a team to lose to this team, you know, lost to them last year after you know almost closing them out, you would think they would have a little more. Fire a little more urgency. Granted, you know, Harden got his eyes poked out last game, but as a unit, these guys aren't looking like they want to win. You know, this is a series that we all wanted. This is a series that they wanted. Shoot, bring the Clippers back. At least they tried. You know, I I, I kept telling my mom, she asked me what happened. I I said, you know, they, they got the lead down to four at one point. I think, but the lead would get back to eight. It was eight. It kept being eight points, and eight might as well have been eighty, because they couldn't get. They couldn't break the eight point seal. They couldn't. They couldn't break that lead. I don't know what. Like they just could not do it. They could not do it. They couldn't. They could not. Um, you know, a, a lot of things I've been seeing. With the Warriors that I haven't noticed for Clay, Clay, Clay Thompson's defense has been great throughout these playoffs so far. That I, I will say, uh, you know, it, it's been interesting to watch. But it, it's just crazy to see a team 
benefit from injuries. Same thing, you know, you can go back to 2015, the finals. You get no Kyrie, no Kevin Love, and LeBron still gave y'all trouble. Right. Then you get uh what else does they have? They had like CP3 last year, you know, Harden's eyes poked out now, and it's just like, son, how lucky can you be? Like, imagine if in 2015 the the Cavs were at full strength. Or or the Rockets had CP3 last year in, in the closeout games. That's is that is that close? Like it's really that close. And and while and while we're here. Why we here? Why we here? Y'all, y'all, y'all gonna stop disrespecting LeBron, bro? Talking about KD, the best player in the world. Uh, I don't, I don't like that. No, no, best player in the league. No, nope. KD will be the best player in the league when LeBron retires. Yeah. When you when you say best in the world, all right, KD is a hell of a score, right? KD is a hell of a score. But I just don't think he's better than LeBron. You know what I mean? When you when you look at if you want to look at it all together, all right. When KD left OKC, OKC continued to go to the playoffs in the West. Continued to be successful in the West. When LeBron left uh, Miami, they struggled, missed the playoffs, and haven't been back to the championship since. You know, this this you know, KD goes to join a 73 and 9 team for his rings after losing 3-1 after blowing a 3-1 lead to them like two months prior to that. That's crazy to me. Uh I I just don't think we need to sweep LeBron away like this. Like this is what like y'all act like LeBron not coming back in October. Did y'all forget that? I'm real disrespectful, man. Real disrespectful. I'm tired of seeing it. All right. I'm tired of seeing it. It's, it's rude. It's disrespectful. Y'all gonna stop disrespecting the king. Like, y'all trying to compare KD to Jordan? What? What? You stop it. You stop it right now. No, 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 no. Uh, Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it. Yeah, but I'm not. I don't want to. I don't want to get into that. I won't get into that. Y'all, y'all know how I feel about the king, man. Y'all know how I feel about the king. Put some respect on his name. But off of that, uh, playoffs this weekend. You know, I'll be tuned into the games that I can. You know, we'll see what happens. But uh, then moving right along, it'll be June before we know it. We're in May now, so you know we're on the road to the finals, ladies and gentlemen. We're on the road to the finals. Uh, what's next? What's next? What's next? Let me see. Let me check the docket. Let me check the docket. Um, I actually want to stay on the basketball tip. I want to talk about the MVP's performances so far in the playoffs. That's what I want to get into. Okay. Now, everybody has pretty much, uh, you know, drawn their two MVPs. Is I've you know I've just been hearing Harden. And Giannis, right? All right, let's look at it. Let's take a look at it. 
Okay. James Harden this season averaged 36 points per game, 6.6 rebounds per game, and 7.5 assists per game. That's beautiful. That's lovely. But Harden in the playoffs, right? Postseason, when it matters, he's averaging 29 a game. Five uh twenty nine a game, seven point one assists, six point three rebounds. The point drop off. I don't even has he had it. I don't. I'm not. I don't think he had a thirty point game in the playoffs yet. I'm not sure, but he's averaging twenty nine, and it's not pretty. You know what I mean? He's missing a lot of shots. He's missing a lot of free throws, and I'm not even impressed. Not impressed. Not impressed. What you do in a regular season is cool. But when we get to May, that's when it matters. May matters, right? What you do in May is, you know, what really matters. Here we have, then we got Giannis. Giannis averaged 27 a game this season. And then, you know, 27 and 12. 12 being rebounds. Then in the postseason, we get 26 and 10. The numbers drop off a little bit. Are those MVP numbers? Huh? I don't know. When there's a drop off, right before the playoffs started, Shaq, I remember Shaq saying that he wanted to see Giannis push his average up to about 35. A game. He hasn't done that yet, right? He hasn't done that. So if if Shaq is saying that Giannis needs to perform a little more, then he should be doing that, right? You know that that's what you think, especially in this Boston series. They've they've kind of put a clamp on Giannis in this in this Boston series. He hasn't really gotten to do everything he wants to do. You know what I mean? So. To see that, you know, the numbers are for him aren't that big of a drop-off. But there's a drop-off. It's a slight drop-off. You know, it's not his regular season numbers. So those those numbers don't jump off the page at you. But why aren't we talking about Kevin Durant? I know I just kind of trashed him a little bit, but that's because I got love for the kid. But I respect Durant's game. Let's look at Durant's numbers. He averaged 26 points per game this season, regular season. Right now in the playoffs, He's averaging 34 a game. 34 a game. I think that says it right there. KD for MVP? Why not? Because when you look at it, he is the most valuable player on that team. Kevin Durant is the best player on the Warriors. Kevin Durant has been the most valuable player since the Warriors signed him, before he even touched the court, for his first season as a Warrior, he's been the most valuable. Because without Kevin Durant, the Warriors never won another championship. That's the truth. That's the truth. LeBron put the fear of God in him coming back 3-1. So they wouldn't go get Durant. Durant, has, he's weapon X. I say this every time I talk about the Warriors. Kevin Durant is weapon X. And you see it here. He's putting the, he's putting the Warriors on his back. You know what? You know Steph got all these little injuries, whatever, and 
Clay is not hitting him like he should. But who is? Kevin Durant. Anywhere on the floor. Any angle. Shooting over defenders. Driving the lane. Kevin is doing that for them. 34 a game. 50 piece. Come on now. If, if you know, you, you talk about MVP, I don't think that's a regular season award. It's not a regular season award to me. What you do in the playoffs should matter as well. And if uh, so far, if what they did is not up, it's not looking like Harden or uh, Giannis to me. I'm I'm rolling with Kevin Durant. That's 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 how I feel about it. If we talk about most valuable, who who's doing the most? Who's producing the most? Who's most important? It's Kevin Durant. Easy. It's Kevin Durant. That that that's a no brainer for me. That is a no brainer for me. Definitely. And and watching it, you can see it. Cause you know when Kevin is in his zone, Kevin's in the zone. That's that's what you, you you see that. You know, everybody else is when when Kevin's hot, we don't see the Splash brothers really, you know, clicking like that. We see like Iguodala and Draymond doing some dirt. But when KD's shooting, KD shoot. When Steph's hot, everybody hot. But when KD's on fire, it's like, look, let's get the hell out of the way and let KD do what they do. And we put up 20. I hit it. Steph hit about four threes. Put up a solid 20. Clay put up 18, 25. You know what I mean? They don't got to drop 50 together. Because KD going to go do that. So, it's clear who the MVP is right now in the playoffs. It's Kevin Durant. You know what I mean? Unless unless James Harden or Giannis do something crazy to turn. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I just think it's interesting how we all just write off the MVP race at the end of the regular season. I don't think we should do that. You know what I mean? I think I think the playoffs is when it matters the most who the MVP is because we really can see who the MVP is. So Kevin Durant, Durant is definitely my MVP for sure. You know what I mean? He's, he's a prolific scorer. And he, these teams... Like Pat Bevel and, and, and Willis said, you know, they, you don't think they got a plan? You know what I mean? You don't think they're going out there to try to stop this man? Because they are. And it's just like you can't right now. You can't. You know what I mean? You get, you get, you know, you get your rare opportunities where he might go down there and miss a couple. But then after that, you're not missing too many more. <laughs> so, yeah, KD is definitely my MVP. Uh, excuse, you know, there's a little audio mishap, but I had to, I had to come back. But yeah, KD, KD's my MVP. All right, enough basketball talk. Um, let's talk about this Tyreek Hill situation again. Got to update y'all on this one. Man. It's, it's getting a little interesting now. Okay, so yesterday, Tariq Hill's lawyer, uh, wrote a letter to the NFL. Okay, so... I'm going to read, you know, a couple excerpts that hear from uh, ESPN. Okay, so he, as in who, Tariq Hill, he uh, denies he has ever punched his son in the chest or anywhere on his body or otherwise touched him in the chest in a mean-spirited manner 
or as a form of discipline. Uh, Petlin wrote, this is his lawyer, uh, Petlin uh, denied Hill pay, played any role in breaking their son's arm. The attorney notes the boy was examined at the hospital and the injury was considered an accident. Uh, he also dis- uh, denied that the um, Freak Hill's son is terrified of him, but he also called the uh, the, the audio that we, we heard uh, last week when uh, Tariq Hill told his fiance that he needed to be terrified of her. I mean, of him, he, he said that was inexcu- uh, inexcusable. Um, he also talked about the, he has some messages claiming that Tariq Hill's fiance took credit for everything. And, um, hold on, let me, let me pull those up. Cause I saw those on Twitter, uh, yesterday. Cause as soon as I saw, I sent them to the group message and I'm just like, man, I'm not buying it. I'm not buying it. I, I, I'm just not buying it. You know what I mean? It just looks like a cover-up to me. All right. All right, here we go. So this is a text message exchange between Tariq Hill and Chris, Crystal uh, the, the fiancé, after the buy recording, as included as the letter. This is in the letter. All right. Here's what it says. This is from Tariq. Crystal, you know I didn't cause any bruising or harm to our son, but for some reason I still may be charged. Crystal. I know you didn't. I did. I hurt our son. I'm the only one that did it. I was hurt and mad at you, so I blamed you for everything. First of all, this looks like cap to me. If you could see these messages, if you could see the format, it it just it just doesn't look like something that two people would say. It just looks fabricated. It looks fabricated. It really looks fabricated. And I just don't see her taking the blame for all of this. If if it really went down the way she said it did, I just don't see that, man. I don't see it. Like I said on Monday, this situation just looks really toxic. Inside and out. Both of them, you know. The relationship looks toxic from what I've seen. You know, this is in their first incident. And they've been together for some time. And it's just like, yuck. I don't know what to make of this. He's been suspended from team uh, activities as of right now, but I uh, I don't know. I don't know what to make of it. We'll see how it turns out, but as of right now, it's just still messy, still murky. We don't know what the truth is. You know, it's at this point as he say, she say. So as the Chiefs conduct their uh, their investigation, as you know, as this moves on, we'll have more news about this. I expect this to be, you know, I said I thought it would be the end of this week, but maybe as we're getting early next week, we'll see what the Chiefs decide to do. I remember when I uh, when I covered the Kareem Hunt thing, as soon as I finished the segment, he got kicked off the team. So we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. So I, I will definitely have you guys, you know, updated with this. We'll all be watching together and, I'll, I'll I'll be talking about it to see, you know, what what goes on, man. Sad situation though, very sad situation. All right, ladies and gentlemen, before we before I wrap this up, I um had a couple of, you know, not you know a couple of questions from one of my group messages. Uh, my guy Matt, my guy Matt Stubler, one of my friends, he asked me, Eric, who wins the AFC North? All right, first of all, Matt, it's May, all right, buddy, it's May. I have no idea who's going to win the AFC North. But my early, early, early pick, my two early pick would be the Browns. 
I think the Browns are the most complete team on paper right now in the AFC North. And I, I, I just think that if they play well and gel well like I think they will, I see them coming out of the division on top. Definitely. And I'm 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 looking at a strong 10 and 6, 11 and 5 turnaround for them. But you know, it's way, way too early. It's it's only May 3rd, you know what I mean? But that's that's my early pick. And then uh he asked me, what effect do you think Tariq possibly losing Tariq Hill will have on Mahomes production? I don't think Mahomes production will go down. I think that you know, they drafted another speedster and they still have weapons. You know what I mean? They still have weapons on the team. I think Mahomes is a good quarterback and whoever they have playing in these positions will adjust to him. I don't think his production goes down. I think that Mahomes comes back as another year, another great year, but I don't think his production goes down because you got to think that that offense is so dynamic that it's not really just on Mahomes and Hill or, you know what I mean? You got Kelsey and other guys. It's just like that That offense is prolific. I really think this is, you know, one of the best coached offenses, you know, with Andy Reid and the boys. I just think that this team will be fine losing Tariq Hill, you know. We'll see, though. We'll definitely see. Good question. And um, let's see. Was that it? Oh, RJ. Okay, so RJ was the. I I already talked about it about the uh the refs calling the, the shots and the no call, but I reiterate that I just think that it's been called all year once again. So why not stay consistent? That's just all it is. After the season's over, the refs there needs to be something, some meetings this off season to look at this and, and tell us what a foul is and what isn't a foul. Cause it's almost like what's a catch and what's not a catch. That's, that's how close it is right now. So I think that we need, you know, some meetings need to be had and, you know, some things need to be figured out because it, it's, it's gross and it's making the game bad, but I can't even blame the refs because like I said, it's the player's fault, you know, shooting and jumping and bumping. You know what I mean? It's like they don't want to shoot. It's like foul first to worry about the bucket later. And that's bad for the game, and I don't like it. Like I said, it's, it's not a good example for the up-and-comers. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Um, Before we get out of here, let's talk about the Kentucky Derby. Okay. Now, you guys probably have no idea what I'm about to be talking about. But let me tell you something. I think his name is Mike Smith. Mike Smith one of the best jockeys in the game right now, right? Hall of Fame. He was going to ride between the good horse Omaha, uh, I think it was Omaha Beach, and Roadster. Omaha Beach is the one he went with. Omaha Beach got hurt. I told, I tried to tell him. I was tweeting about it. I said, Mike Smith better go with Roadster. Roadster's younger and hungrier. Now, Roadster's uh, looking like the favorite now. But you got Roadster, improbable, uh, maximum security. Tactics and who else is uh one of the favorites? That's it. So we got Tactics. You know, it's a lot of horses, but you know, I think it, you know Roadster or Matt or Improbable are gonna come out on top, man. Absolutely. I always watch the Derby. Expect I watch the Derby. You know the Preakness, and then you know we've had some history being made. You know as far as the Triple Crown goes, but right man, horse races is exciting, man. And you know it's profitable if you bet on the right horse. You know what I mean. <laughs> Um, that's it, man. I think that's all I got, man. 
that's all I got for this episode. Uh, it's Friday. Be safe this weekend. Be safe at all the Cinco de Mayo events, okay? I know Cinco de Mayo isn't until Sunday, but you guys going to be partying. I know y'all been partying with last night, today, Saturday, and Sunday. Hell, maybe even Monday. Be safe, all right? Be safe wherever you go. Uh, don't drive drunk. Call on Uber. Have a designated driver. Don't get into any trouble. Get, don't get any fights. Don't do anything that Eric wouldn't do, okay? Have have fun. Be safe, man. That's that's it. That's all. There's too much going on out here in this world right now. Just enjoy yourselves, but be safe. Um, once again, I appreciate the support. I appreciate the love. Um, I I really do, man. I really do. Uh oh oh wait before I did. Shout out to Messi and Ronaldo. Uh, getting six hundred goals for that club. Goats, two goats. Simple as that. Two goats. Just two goats. Two goats. Uh, and I think that's all I got for you guys, man. So. I'll be back next week, whether it be Monday or Friday, you know, depending on how this weekends go. But more than likely, I'll be back on Monday for episode 33. Um, but that's it for episode 32. So thanks for listening. Continue to follow the Twitter page at Electrify Pod and the Instagram page at Electrify Pod. And with that being said, I'm your host, Eric Lyons, and you have just been Electrified.